What's happening, everyone? Welcome back. It's Total Football Club. My name is Alex Perez. We are a part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Alex Perez FC. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can follow us on social media at Total Foot Club. Total Foot Club. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are there. We are everywhere. I got to bring in now my guy, Chris, Chris Sued. Dude, it feels weird seeing you through a screen again. It was just I about know. a week ago that we were face to face and people, people really enjoyed that whole vibe that, that we had, that, that connection, that chemistry that we had. But man, we have to do this again. But you know what? By all means necessary. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing well. I, I know, man, I was just sitting here as we started this Zoom call. I'm like, damn, I have to visualize Alex as if he's on the other end of this table because that's how it was when, you know, we could really uh, flow and, and it felt very conversational. So not that it doesn't in any other time, but obviously it's different when you're face to face with somebody. So I'm going to try to channel that as best I can right now. But yeah, um, Everything, everything's great, man. Everything's great. How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing okay. Uh, I wish I was doing as good as you. I am currently watching Canada pummel Mexico. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday night. We usually record on Mondays, but you know, life happens and we couldn't do it on Monday. And now we're doing it as uh, Alfonso Davies has the ball and he crashes into a Mexican defender and now he's hurt. Mexico is down to nothing, and I hope. That by the end of this podcast, I can say that Mexico rescued a point from Canada, uh, but this this is getting kind of embarrassing now. Um, so there's your answer, Chris. I'm not doing as well as I wish I was. Um, it is what it is. There are two things in soccer, or two two teams, and here comes a third. Oh my goodness, they almost scored an own goal. Um, there are two teams in soccer and football that that just drive me up a wall barcelona and the mexican national team i i can't control myself there is there is no keeping a pg i get very upset i get very angry and here it is that's why i'm trying my hardest to look at you and not so much at the screen even though i have the game in the background because i know it's not going to be good podcasting but uh chris before we we continue uh you mind giving us your social media so people can can follow you because you're a famous guy <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my, my my handle is Chris, S-O-L-O-D-O-L-O underscore. There we go. Follow him on Twitter. The takes are always, always steaming hot, as they should be. All right. Uh, all right. Let's let's move forward now. Chris, I know it's been a bit of a, I don't want to say slow week because of the international break, but I know that there are people, including yourself, that aren't too fond of the international break, but overall this past week, what caught your attention? Uh, what caught my attention was uh, the, the game that happened earlier actually was Brazil and Argentina. I know Brazil had already qualified, 
but it was still a, a, a very exciting game. Vinicius is in top form, and now he's showing it for country. Uh, the, 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 the Argentinian and Brazilian rivalry is always present in these games. I know there's people who are like, uh, you, we're so used to magic, and, and, and they, they say it's not the same. To me, every time those two teams link up, it's like, it's fireworks, man. You could either get a good old, uh, uh, how do I say, like a Confederations Club classic where these guys are just elbowing for, the, for 90 minutes, or you can get some real quality where the where the individual talent shines through because both these teams are loaded. So uh, it, it was great to see, uh, I guess, the continuation of Argentina, I would say, because they had just won their, their first major trophy this summer. Seeing them uh, play as a cohesive unit for the qualifiers, uh, I was very interested to see if they would continue that form. And, and they definitely are. They definitely are. Um, Otamendi, Cuti Romero, who went off injured, and mm-hmm. Emi Martinez, that that back duo there with 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 Romero and, and Otamendi, and then Emi, Emi taking the number one spot. They they barely let in any goals, and it's really impressive to see that kind of organization and and, and steely defense with uh with a team that has like a Leo Messi. Like it's going to be very interesting. I think they've. This is the best I felt about Argentina in a long time. So I was very interested to see how they would play, and they did not let me down. The biggest difference between this Argentina team right now and the Argentina sides of a few years ago is that defensively, they're very good. And you just mentioned something that is almost... If if you would have told me that, I don't know, five, six years ago, I would have been like, whoa, no way. They haven't conceded many goals. Guti Romero and Otamendi are are really holding it down and whenever you watch this Argentina side you don't really expect them to be spectacular the only player that you expect anything spectacular from is Lionel Messi right and and even him he's been a little bit out of out of rhythm out of form ever since that Copa America when I feel like that that really took a lot a lot out of Lionel Messi it I mean it took every every ounce of his being and Every single Argentine player in that squad, it took every ounce of their soul, of their heart, of their energy to, to finally, finally win a, a trophy with Argentina. Something that, that they wanted for so long and something that, that, was, that was being denied for so many years. So it's great. It, it's great to see them. But let me ask you something. Did you see Angel Di Maria's nutmeg over Vinicius? Oh, my gosh. It was ridiculous. And then, but then Vinny returned it with the, with the rainbow. Oh, so I, I don't think it was over D. Was it D. Um, D. No. Maria too? No, it was, wasn't. Bro, they were in their, their bag in, the, in this game. And it's like, this is why I say, like, yeah, maybe Brazil has already qualified. But you, you this is show-stopping stuff, man. D. Yeah. Maria sent him, sent him to, the, to the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is something that I was going to ask you. Which one did you prefer? Did you prefer the rainbow flick? From Vinicius or the or the back heel nutmeg from Angel Di Maria? Man, I, I don't know. They're, they're both so, they were both lovely to watch. Personally, being the Brazil fan, my, my bias shows through with the rainbow because it's so. I I think that's like the the like the quintessential like Brazilian move. You know what I mean? Like I don't know why I always imagine like a Neymar or Ronaldinho pulling that off. So to see Vinny was like. I definitely put a smile on my face. 
Yeah. Whereas, whereas with Di Maria, I was like, oh. <laughs> Di Maria is capable of that and and a lot more because he's he's quality. But Vinicius, we know that he's show stopping. The the that little cheeky subtle back heel nutmeg just ball roll. That, that's pretty much what it was. It, it was just a ball roll into a nutmeg. That that was subtle, and and that was. I saw it in Di Maria's face. That was like done very, very much on purpose. And like he he was targeting Vinicius. Whereas Vinicius, he's like, all right, well, whoever's defending me, I'm just going to flick this ball over them. And I'm taking no prisoners. It is what it is. Whoever I humiliate, too bad. You're going to be on the highlight reel. And it's just, it's, it's part of the show. It's part of the show with the Brazilians. But Sadly, it ended 0-0, and Argentina needs to wait another another game in order to, to qualify to, to the World Cup. But anything else, Chris? What else has, has caught your attention this week besides Argentina and Brazil? Uh, really, I was just trying to, trying to gauge, like trying to see where everybody's at with these, with these qualifiers. There's not much, you, you know, it's kind of hard to, 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 to take everything in, in, in stride and say this is exactly, you know, exactly how they're going to be when the the show starts but uh you know i I was just uh trying to find trying to find some quality in these matches um i saw england uh reese james is in the form of his life my boy they're saying my boy is finally going to take that that starting berth uh with the three lions and not give it back to 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 trend or to, to walker so england always catches the eye but um yeah, my, my main focus was on that Brazil-Argentina. Nice. Speaking of England, the abundance of right-backs. I know we always say that, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. And the abundance of goals. They scored, what, like 16 goals in two games? Something like that? Yeah, they look great. But they were playing really poor opposition. That's why it's like, it's yeah. kind of hard to say, you know, I was really looking forward to them playing against, um, what was it, San Marino? <laughs> like, it, it was still playing, you know... <laughs> We got it. We got to cut these guys to the side. But they did look great. They did. So, oh man, I think it was my guy uh, Goldrich. He was saying they, uh, <laughs> they just gave they just gave uh, Southgate an extension so that we could play a back five at home against San Marino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they they are continuing to be you know pragmatic, but they're getting results. So as, as long as they they look good, I mean. That's all you really want. You can't harp too much when they don't play exactly how you want them to. But it is funny to see them continue, uh, continue <laughs> with with what uh, what got them their success. Yeah, and nice to know that the oh, oh sorry, Mexico just missed an opportunity. Podcasting one hundred and one, folks. Um, it's it's <laughs> nice to know. It's nice to know that the criticism from July is still relevant in November. So maybe we can, if, if we can't record something whenever England plays or whatever, we'll chop up a clip. Maybe I'll like, I'll, I'll move some stuff around and it'll, it'll sound exactly relevant because they haven't really changed much. But um, all right. Well, what, what caught my attention this week, two things. The first one, I want to talk about Xavi because his first game with Barcelona is coming up this weekend. And what caught my attention wasn't necessarily Dani Alves coming back. It wasn't. It, it's not the fact that they play Espanol, although it's a tricky game. People are thinking that Barcelona should win win easily or should get a victory. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. I I don't know about that. People sometimes people 
they they think it's 2010 it's not um but either way what caught my attention was the rules that xavi has implemented in this team and this budget the 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 transfer budget is going to be incredibly tight the squad is thin we know this to an extent it, it it's thin but at least at least xavi is putting some order into this team and here are some of the rules that that xavi has implemented already into barcelona's side players have to arrive 90 minutes before training they should all eat at the facility so every single player is going to eat at the club right um the fines have returned so if you break any of these rules you're going to get fined and the fines will double if you repeat the offense so let's say for example you arrive late to training once well that's i don't know let's just say it's a hundred dollars and if you arrive to training late the next day again that's two hundred dollars that you have to pay plus the hundred they already had to pay before uh, and there's also no more risky activities no more smoking no more riding scooters no more riding bikes none of that stuff that's over it's a wrap right and there's also going to be less appearances on TV, social media, and I think that one was made specifically for Gerard Piquet. The, 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 that's kind of what it sounds like. Xavi's really controlling what he can. There's not much else that he can do. These are the players that he has up until January, and then in January, he might bring a couple players on loan, maybe one. He already brought in Dani Alves, but how much difference can he really make? Maybe with the mentality, maybe with the way that he talks to the players, that will be a bit of a difference. Maybe a coach in the field or a coach that still laces up his boots, that might be the role that Dani Alves plays. Or we could be completely wrong. We know that he's a little crazy, and he might score five, six goals this season. I don't know. Dani Alves is a bit of a wild card. But honestly, I don't think that there's much losing with Dani Alves, or or you can't lose much with Dani Alves being added to this team. And, man, the consequences are back. If you behave bad, you're going to have to pay. Who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? That's how life works. I feel like sometimes players uh, or athletes live in a bubble where they don't really have any consequences when they don't behave well. And it looks like Xavi wants to implement that again. And he should. Some of the players have already been fined. Ricky Pooch, he was he was found. Uh, someone took a picture of him uh, smoking a hookah, whatever that, that thing is called. Like, dude, come on. You're testing the waters. You're not even a starter. You want to have a spot on the team, and this is the impression that you're making. I feel like he's going to be out in January. Kind of what he's looking, what it's looking like. And honestly, I'm very excited for this first game. We'll see how this goes. I can't wait to see Xavi uh, on, on the touchline. I wish him the best. Uh, but again, the, those doubts will continue to be there as, uh, until we're proven otherwise. But I can't help to be excited. I'm sorry. I'm very excited. No, I don't blame you, man. Um, I know we said, me personally, I don't think he's seasoned enough as a coach to, to, to be the, the star at Barca, although, you know, I hope it works out for him and for the club. I was very, um, how do I say, I was very impressed by what I heard from him at his press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hear the specific rules you laid out. It's, it is fun to hear those. But he did speak about the importance of laying the groundwork, of doing things the right way. And he was answering the question in English. Um, I know that's not a major, a major uh, 
detail, but to me, it kind of was impressive to know, like, well, he could hold his own in English. He's fluent in English. He's probably fluent in, in other major languages as well. He was at Qatar. You don't just get by just speaking Spanish in Qatar. So I was very impressed by how personable he was, how he spoke about the game. I, I was, let's put it this way, I still have my opinions about, because you can't replace experience, but if anyone is going to, it seems like this is the guy, you know? So mm -hmm. sitting there, it was very easy to see why Barca pulled the trigger on Coleman and said, no, this is who we want. Even if it's a lost season, we want it to be a lost season under Xavi because we believe in him and we want the future to be with him as coach. And yeah, it, it was very easy to be a fan of his. Um, I think that's what Barca needs right now is the return of, of order, the return of who, the, the Barca DNA. This is who we are. This is uh, how we hold ourselves accountable. This is who we are as a team. This is the personality of the team. Win, draw, or lose at home or away, this is how we play. And sure enough, man, that's, that's what it's going to take. Um, hopefully with a guy like Xavi, they're, they're not so quick to pull the trigger if results aren't what fans think. Because I think while it's easy to be excited thinking that they're going to come and smack Espanol, who, I've, no, I mean, the, the, who have been playing well this season, it's like, man, it's, it's, it's a lot. So I hope that they don't come and expect uh, a treble this season. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if they, if they, temper their expectations and allow Xavi to do his, his work, Barcelona will be better for it uh, in the long term. I, I think that's, that's for sure. Yeah, this is the guy that, that you want to build with. Xavi is definitely yeah. the, the, the guy that you, you want to build with and you have to build with because he's, he's a homegrown talent as a player and as a coach. He, Despite not necessarily having the experience that we would have wanted him to have, at, at least this isn't his first job, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. it, it could have been like Andrea Pirlo, as bad as that, where it was literally his first job and he's he was way out of his depth. Um, but Xavi, Xavi was a coach even even when he was playing his, his final days at Barcelona. He was, he was a coach. He was the captain. He didn't necessarily play much. But he was still there, and when whenever he played, I mean, he he would do his part, and I'm sure that it went, when he wasn't playing, when he was on the bench, he was he was probably asking certain questions, he was taking certain notes, mental notes, of course, and he was preparing himself for this moment. Maybe we didn't. Well, no one thought that it was going to be this soon, but here we are. What can we do about it? And we've talked about this previously. We've said, hey, if someone comes in and offers you your dream job. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Chances are you're going to say yes. You're mm -hmm. going to say yes. Xavi said yes. He might be way out of his depth. We have no clue. But they offered him the dream job, his dream job, and he said yes. Can you blame him? Not at all. Um, the second thing that caught my attention, and it's catching my attention right now, uh, Mexico has looked so poor. The, uh, the Mexican national team. This is we're on to topic number two now. I know that wasn't a great transition. Seeing this Mexico team, um, I mean, they haven't scored a goal in this international break. 
they've conceded four, two against USA, two against Canada so far. We're about 85 minutes in at the time that, that I'm saying this right now. It's probably going to end 2 nothing. Uh, not many chances. They haven't been looking all that great. And I'm, I'm going to talk about the game against the U.S. because the game against Canada isn't over yet. So I can't really say much about that one. But the U.S., I mean, I feel like they, they might be the, the CONCACAF giant now. I, I, uh, I feel like they took that from Mexico. It was a symbolic win. Incredibly symbolic. Uh, they have a great crop of players. Fearless. Talented. Quality. They play in Europe. They're starter, starters for the most part in, in those European teams. Um, and the U.S. dictated the tempo against Mexico. They di- dictated the tempo, especially in the second half. The second half, I thought that Mexico was incredibly poor. No possession. No, no rhythm, really. They dropped back. They gave the ball to the U.S. and the U.S. did what they what they what they should have done, and they could have been three nothing. Really, could have been three nothing. But it's it's quite disappointing. So when when I say good things, or, or sorry, when I say bad things about Mexico, I don't necessarily mean to discredit the U.S. I think that they did an excellent job. The game against Jama- uh, Jamaica a few hours ago, different story. But against Mexico, they did what they had to do. They got three points, and Man, I mean, they 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 are the giant because Mexico with these performances they can't really be the giant. And I I felt like it was an embarrassing performance against the U.S. against Canada. Not necessarily embarrassing for based on what I've seen, but it's just it's been pretty bad. And uh, again, Mexico just completely gave up the possession. And something that really worried me was that Tata Martino, the manager for Mexico. He he was so slow at reading the game. There were certain substitutions that he should have made at the begin or uh, yeah at the beginning of the second half, and he didn't. And then he comes out at the end of or after the game against the U.S. and he says, "Well, this isn't personal. This is you know this this is just a rivalry. You know, it's it's a sports rivalry. You know, relax, pretty much. That's what he said. And that's not the message that you're supposed to say after your biggest rival beats you." I'm sure that if he was still coaching Argentina and Brazil had just beat them at the Maracanã, he would have not said that. And if he did, he wouldn't he would be unemployed right now. So I'm not saying that they should completely let go of him because I feel like we're way too deep, deep into this process, but it's annoying, man. It, it's annoying. It happens every four years with Mexico. Every four years. Something like this always happens. And whose fault is it? I don't even know whose fault it is anymore. We blame the manager. Yeah, he is at fault for certain things. But certain players, way out of rhythm. They, they get very little minutes in their, in their teams. But it's bad, man. I, I think that they're going to qualify to the World Cup, even though they're they're losing to Canada right now, and they're tied in points with Panama, and and Mexico's in third place, so they would qualify directly to the World Cup. But they slip up one more time. They slip up in January, and that that qualification might not look as clear as it looked back in October, back in September. It's it, it's not looking great, and and it's it it's a bit concerning because they haven't even scored a goal. They haven't really had an an opportunity 
their their best opportunity was in like the 26th minute against the U.S. and that's it. So it's worrying, man. This is alarming. I will say that. Yeah, it's they have a lot of calls for alarm. Um, personally, I, I like Martino. I think he's done a great job at a lot of places, and I think he gets the short end of the stick uh, with his reputation because it didn't work out at Barca, even though he had them uh, playing for uh, a, a title in his last game knowing he'd be fired after it, which mm -hmm. I, I always thought was pretty strange. But uh, he went to Atlanta United and turned them into a powerhouse as well in MLS and, and was working really well with some uh, some some Latin players. So it seemed like he had a really good reputation. Oh, sorry, 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 Chris. Sorry, go to <laughs> Mexico, scored 2-1, 89th minute. Uh, now they're fighting for the ball. Oh, Jesus, this is crazy. All right, but a Mexican player took it back to to the midfield and someone is about to get booked 2-1 they scored off a header what crazy fucking world do we live in anyway sorry chris go on i'm sorry um no it's i i i just think martino what what with mexico every time the the the, the farthest someone has got recently with them is miguel herrera and they let him go almost right away i think we've exhausted coaches with Mexico where yeah. they brought in all these great coaches and it never works out. I think the onus is on the players. Where where, where the hell is Chucky Lozano? You had a, a, a breakout two, three weeks, uh, four years ago at the World Cup and you've been missing since. Where the hell is Raul Jimenez? I know you had a crazy injury last year that shelved you for most of the year, but come on, man, show your quality. Like you're a Premier League striker. Why don't you show that quality for Mexico? So I, I think it's on these players. Um, Mexico looked like they were in the game with the U.S. until it was Metchek time and Christian Pulisic put, put, sank that header and then uh, Matini put, put him to the sword. Like, why don't you want it enough? Why do, why do these American players, why do these Canadian players want it more than you? You're Mexico. You should want it more than anyone. That's the whole ethos of the team is the desire. So... I don't, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I don't want to hear that it's the, the manager again. Not from, I know, I know I'm not trying to uh, be harsh on you. I just think that's always like what ends up being uh, the, where, the, the, where the blame goes with the Mexican national team. They just mm -hmm. turn out those managers every year, every a year and a half because they're not good enough. And it's like, enough, man, enough. Get these players into, into shape. And if they're not going to perform, get them out of there. That's the problem in Mexico, though, because they they respect hierarchies way too much. And it's usually the players up here that aren't performing all that well. And everyone is so afraid to pull the trigger and tell them, you know what? You're not good enough right now because they know that if they say that there's going to be issues, the locker room is going to be lost. You might never get that player again because he'll be like, OK, they don't want me. I'm out of here. Example, Carlos Vela. He he didn't go to the national team for other reasons, not necessarily because he wasn't good enough or whatever. Clearly, because it wasn't because he wasn't good enough. He's he's quality, and we miss him every time that Mexico plays. But that's a different story. Um, it's it's just a lot of stuff. Poor management up top as well. Certain players that shouldn't really be there. There's there's so much. I can have like a two day long podcast talking about about Mexico, but uh, I, I won't bore everyone to death with 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 that. It's it's Chris. It's like 
18 years of complaints. I've I've been watching Mexico like every single game since I was like five. So it's it's about 18 years of complaints for me. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to add, Chris? Because we could go. No, no, they they cleared it off the line. Oh, my God. Wow. They cleared. They cleared the ball off the line. I am upset. Wow. Wow. No way. All right. Wow. We're going to take a short break, though. We're going to take a short <laughs> break because I need this break. When we return, we're going to talk about the Premier League calendar for the 2022-2023 season because it is crazy. Crazy like the ending of this game. I'm going to take a short <laughs> break, Chris. I need this break. You know this. We'll be right back. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back. All right, and we are back. I can't say that I fully gathered myself. I can't say that I fully gathered my thoughts because that ending was ridiculous. But we are back. Chris Sued, Alex Perez, thank you all so much for joining us. We thought that this topic would be incredibly appropriate for for this week because of the international break. And if you guys don't know, the Premier League released their calendar for next season, the 2022-2023 season. And there's some things that we want to question, that we want to talk about, and maybe even fix. But let's give you guys the the general idea of what this calendar is. For starters, the Premier League season will start on August 6th, 2022, and it will end on May 28th, 2023. There's going to be a quote-unquote mid-season break between November 14th, 2022, and they will be back in action on Boxing Day 2022, which is December 26th. So it's about a month and a week, give or take. And we all know now that the World Cup final will be on December 18th, 2022. And it looks like they're only going to get one week of training the Premier League players before the World Cup starts. And then they will get about a week to recover. Six days. Is, is, is what they will get. My question to you here, Chris, is, and, and I feel like the answer is pretty obvious, but, you know, we got to generate a little bit of conversation here. Should the Premier League take longer to return after the World Cup? Are six days enough? No way. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what how... I don't know how the hell they're going to do this, man. They, they, they're going to start the season and then mid-season, let the players go off to the biggest tournament of their lives in Qatar, where it's like, it's going to be really hot, even though it's the winter. Uh, play in this major tournament with all the passion that they have. It's not like they're going to an international friendly. They're going to a damn World Cup. They're going to give it their all. And then they're going to come back mid-season with a game six, six with a match six days later. How, how the hell do you do you think that's going to work? <laughs> like, there's going to be injuries leading up to it, injuries during, injuries after. It's going to be an absolute shit show of a Premier League season. Um, but I think they 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 can't sacrifice that bottom line. Boxing Day is a major holiday, <laughs> a major commercial holiday now. Um, <laughs> I just, I would be shocked 
if there's there if so, somebody probably my team my club is gonna pay the price but there's gonna be a, I think there's gonna be a costly injury during all this because I just can't see another way around it. The the players usually have like a week and a half to two weeks off in the summer. So what's gonna I mean are they gonna have hopefully they have a full a full vacation now and come back they'll probably have even more qualifiers or something. I don't I don't even know, but I, I hope that uh I hope somehow it makes sense because I can't I really can't see the logic from where I'm sitting right now. And, and well there is no logic. The the only real logic is that they have to go back and, and play for boxing day. And for 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 people that might necessarily not understand what boxing day football is or what it what it means in in the united kingdom if you live in america picture it like this they take away the thanksgiving games in the nfl there's no football games during thanksgiving that, that, that's kind of what it is right chris that's the, the, that's what it equates to so of course they're gonna push to play in boxing day but we're dealt with a completely different hand this is a very different situation it's 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 beyond us now we we can't do anything about it and of course the ideal thing would be to play the world cup elsewhere and play it in june and july of 2022 right and you might even still be able to pull it off like now england might might raise their hand germany who whatever whatever country like that that, that is willing to to host a tournament with six months of preparation, they can probably still do it. And even the qualifiers, you you can. There, uh, there's a bunch of European teams that already qualified, right? There's a way, but they don't want to do it. Fact of the matter is that the World Cup is going to be in in December, and there's just there's no other. I well, I don't want to say that, 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 that there's no other way of doing it because I do have something on my notes here, but man, I mean. They they really had to go through with it like that in the Premier League. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of other leagues or at least the major major leagues in Europe will also follow suit and they will have a calendar similar to that one. I know in Germany they don't play Boxing Day because it's too cold um, and that's not a holiday for them. I, I, I don't believe. But I know that there are certain leagues that pause in like Christmas, New Year's. Mm-hmm. So that won't be an issue. But the reason why we're talking about the Premier League is because that is an issue. And there's just no other way around it. Or, or or is there? Chris, do you think that there's a way around it? Do you think that they could have structured this a little differently? Yeah, the moment Shep Blatter and Michael Putini were sent to prison, they should have <laughs> reopened reopened this 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 uh World Cup uh location again this this exactly what you said make it in june 21 22 we just had a euro this summer push it to next summer um and and any of any of these uh countries like you said uh england france germany spain where there are stadiums galore all these countries can host the world cup and and be fine they don't have to build stadiums they don't have to do wholesale changes to their infrastructure to get this done. Mm-hmm. They very happily and willingly would probably take the World Cup. So I would definitely move it. I think now 
Um, it's it's hard. I think you could probably still still make the change, like you said, but it's hard because I think clubs and every everybody's planning for this now, like the the the, the leagues and everything. So it's already it's a, and, and people lost their lives building those stadiums. Like, geez, it's it's so. I mean, it's it, they really shouldn't be playing there, but. I, I don't know what else they can really do. It's either do, I mean, I don't know. I truly don't know because there's no way they're going to give back money to these companies that are, are that paid and bid for, for the rights to show these games on Boxing Day. The, the, the Premier League is not going to give that back because FIFA wants to make money or, or UEFA wants to make money on the World Cup. That's not happening. So, I really don't see any other solution. They're, they're going to play on Boxing Day. They can maybe stop ahead of time, but what's that going to do if the World Cup ends in the 18th? They still have six days no matter what. So, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you can't push Boxing Day to, like, January or some shit like that, right? But here's the thing, Chris, and, and, and this is a, a plan that I thought about and I want to run it by you because I know that that you will give me proper proper feedback, and I'm and hopefully I get feedback from from everyone else as well. But since there will be no international tournaments in 2022, or or in the summer of 2022 rather, there will be no international tournaments then. I feel like the Premier League and every other major league can start a little earlier. They can start in July. Okay, we start the Premier League. Bundesliga, whatever league you you might watch. We started in July. We pause through November and December. Yes, I know that means no Boxing Day. Sorry. But it's for the players, right? And then you resume in January. And you finish in June of 2023. You finish the season in June of 2023. What do you think about that plan, Chris? I think it's it's there's, there's you have a good motive for it is a good reason for it. I don't think it works because you usually call back players for training camp around the fourth of July. So if if it's it's not like this season's gonna end any sooner. So mm-hmm. you you would cut back their vacation and not and if you start in July you either have training camp right after the season ends or you don't have a vacation and you come straight. You have training camp in June and then go back to the season in July. It won't work. Players are going to be overworked. They're gonna, they, they already have barely any time off because of all these qualifiers and all the, the commitments with the clubs and all the tournaments that the, these big clubs play in. I think it's great in theory, but I think in practice it, it would – cause just as many just as much problems as what we're going through right now with uh the little rest and and the injury risk that's happening that looks like it's going to be likely with uh boxing day and, and the short rest and you mentioned something very important you said that the season the 21 22 season isn't going to end any earlier it's not going to be pushed pushed forward so that that makes it difficult to schedule the 22-23 season because you're not getting any help. You you don't have any more time to prepare for it. And 
honestly, when I was preparing this plan, I didn't really think much of of the 21-22 season and and that whole situation being played out in a in a normal normal calendar. But Chris, I will say this. I feel like there are two ways that the Premier League could have approached this. And I feel like it's what it's the only league that can approach it this way. Here are the two ways. The first one, you boycott the World Cup completely. You don't send a single Premier League player. <laughs> you don't send a single Premier League player. I know the you I'm sure you're not the only one laughing at, at what I just said because a World Cup without any Premier League players, my goodness. What does that look like? That looks horrible, right? But the Premier League can probably get away with it because they're they're such a massive entity that they can be like, "All right, well, you guys want to play on our terms? Cool." We're not going to send players. And whenever things get get a little more situated and fixed, they can probably jump right into that. That's the first way. Uh, and the second way, I actually only had one way. I lied to you. I'm sorry, Chris. I feel like that was like, I feel like that's like one of the only ways. Or, well, I'm dumb. Oh, my God. I just, the second way was when I presented to you by calendar, the way that the Premier League could have done it this way. The point is that you have to help the players, right? That's the whole point. You have to help the players because these are your money makers. It sounds incredibly harsh and it sounds almost inhumane, but these are the people that are making you the money. These are the people that are making your brands into multi-billion dollar corporations. They are, or they are becoming multi-million pound dollar, whatever you want to say, brands. Because these players are damn good at their job. That's why. So why not protect them? Why not give them a bit of rest? Listen, you lose a couple, more, more than a couple. If you lose a few million pounds, a few, mil, uh, a few billion pounds, they have many more in the bank. Okay? That's how I would think as a rich man. Okay? If, oh, I lost a million dollars, well, I have 60 million dollars in the bank. I don't care. I feel like that's how they should think because these players listen man these players are already going through through a lot the stress the traveling the 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 grueling games that they have to play sometimes for all the time really the training the, the the discipline work with them work with them help them a little bit the and again i feel like those are really the only two ways you either boycott or you you change up your calendar a little bit because Six days, it, to me, when I read that the play, Premier League players were only going to get about six days of rest between end of the World Cup and Boxing Day 2022, to me, that was that was insulting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of players took it the same way. But, it, I mean, I know that it's not going to happen. Premier League players are going to go to the World Cup. But what other way can they can they handle this? I mean... Work with these players, man. Yeah, I, I, I just can't see uh, these players standing with the league and uh, and saying like, "Yeah, we're not going to go and represent our countries like this. It's just not going to happen." But you're right; they got to protect the, the, their assets, and the, the, the players are the assets. We don't watch. Uh, Chelsea versus Arsenal, if they play the U, the, the, the under 19s, 
it's just not going to – I mean, I'm sure that people will watch, but no one's going to enjoy those games. So we watch because we want to watch these stars, these global stars, uh, the best of the best at their, at their craft, uh, playing the best of the best. So, um, yeah, they got to protect these players, man. I, I just – they have the opportunity, they won't. They've, they've already shown their hand. They want them there for Boxing Day. They want them there playing the Premier League season as if it was normal. Um, and they're just acting as if the World Cup is, like, not their business. Like, yeah, you, you'll go and you'll be able to go. But soon, six days later, you better be here and be ready to go because this is what matters. And it's like, man, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the, this is the, the clubs are the ones who pay the players, but I'm sure, I'm positive, Sancho goes to Manchester United Yes, in part because he wants to be a Manchester United player and what it means, but also because he wants to star for, for England. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason why you go to these big clubs, because you want to represent for your country and, and prove to be that the reason why someone plays this game, you know, the reason why you, you, the, 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 the new generation uh, is inspired. So, yeah. Uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. And I don't, I don't see a way forward, honestly. It's going to be really, really uh, a really bonkers season next, 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 next season. Um, and, and a really weird World Cup as well. It's going to, I mean, as a football fan, we're going to go from, the, the, from a, 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 the height of the middle of the season to a World Cup to back to the height of the middle of the season. So that's going to be great. But you know, as a, as a human being, I definitely feel for those guys. Man. Yeah. It's, they're set up for failure. It's counterproductive, isn't it? Because you're exposing your players. You're, you're exposing your assets, as, as you said. You are, you are putting them that much closer to a huge injury. And you lose those guys. I, just, just for example, Christian Pulisic. Mm. The guy can't stay healthy. Like, I love him to death. That's Captain America. That is my boy. When we've, when Chelsea signed him, I let out a, a scream like a fucking banshee, all right? <laughs> he can't, he, he's, he really, that's been the knock on Christian Pulisic since he was at Borussia Dortmund is that he has these knocks that pull him out for, for some spells. Mm-hmm. That's why at Chelsea, he hits the ground running. He plays great. He gets hurt. Then he comes back. He's out of the team. Gets back in the team, plays great, gets hurt. Like it's 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 a reoccurring thing. So how yeah. are you going to tell me Christian Pulisic is going to have a healthy start to the season next season, go to the World Cup, come back and have a healthy season for Chelsea? I, there's no way. No, there's no way. Mm-mm. So yeah, that's a it's a it's a major star we're talking about here, and he's not the only one. That's just an example, but you you can you can fill in the blank. Neymar, Mbappe, you can fill in the blank. And these guys are, are, yeah, they don't play for the Premier League, Christian Pulisic does, but all these guys are at risk. And the ones who are playing in England are even more at risk. So Harry Kane, Mason Mount, all these stars, they're at risk. Harry Kane, speaking of a guy that can't stay healthy, Jesus. He he hasn't had a massive injury as of late, but we know his injury record. And it's pretty hefty it's it's it, it's a big big injury record that that he has but yeah man it's it, it's funny that you mentioned christian pulisic because 
one of the first things that I thought about when I, I, I read about the six days was, of course, that it was insulting. But the, what, a, a short while after that, I thought about Christian Pulisic. And I'm like, this poor guy can't stay healthy in a regular schedule. Imagine yeah. this crazy scenario. I basically thought what you were talking about right now. What, everything that you said was, was in my mind when I was reading this. Yeah. I Look, man, I hope he, if he can stay healthy and prove us all wrong, hallelujah. But <laughs> I just think of all these guys. Mateo Kovacic. Mateo Kovacic is another one. The moment he starts playing his best, something happens where it's a hamstring, <laughs> it's a calf, it's a hip. Something. All these guys, I mean, they're just set up for failure. And, and we know it. It's a year from now, and we already know it. So you best believe the guys at Chelsea, the guys at the Premier League, they know it too, and they don't care. Yeah. Uh, the guys at Chelsea, City, Liverpool, some guys at Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, United. United, yeah. It's, they don't care. Yeah, it's the players definitely do. But but the guys with the suits, maybe not so much. They care more about about the product. But it's it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy how they. To me, it, it the fact that they're gonna go through with it, or that it looks like they're gonna go through with it, isn't what bothers me. What bothers me is that they expect this from the players. And I know there's a lot of people. I I have talked. To people that say, well, these athletes are millionaires. They they should do that and much more. Well, yeah, they're millionaires, but they're also human. <laughs> they're also people. <laughs> so to expect this from people who already go through a lot, and, and, and I know that I talked about this a few minutes ago, but to expect this from them is like... I don't even have any words. How, how, why do you expect this from them? Just because you pay them millions and millions of dollars? It's bizarre. It's weird. It's inhumane almost. And I feel like this whole World Cup, the 2022 World Cup, is inhumane. That should be the slogan. You might be asking yourself, why the sudden stop? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot lie to you all. We had technical difficulties. We usually record through Zoom, and we had some problems today. It happens. It's technology. It's not perfect. It is what it is. We got a majority of the show out to you all anyway. So we're happy with that, but of course, I am a little bit upset that we couldn't get the full thing because we did have a very, very cool segment to finish off the show. Unfortunately, that will have to wait until next week, and that'll do it from us. Thank you all so much on behalf of Chris and myself. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We really, really appreciate it. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, at Total Food Club. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Rate, review. That goes a long, long way. We appreciate you all. Thank you so, so much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. It, 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 it was all over the place. It really was. It was hectic. It was crazy. There was so much going on. But that is the essence of Total Football Club. Thank you so much. Take care. Goodbye.